I'm David Atterbury, and this is Big Truths, a weekly podcast where we grow in Christian doctrine by looking through the door of church history. As you consider your own body, you might not like the idea of having it with you forever, but it may surprise you that this is what the Bible teaches, but not in the way you may fear it does. You might think about all your imperfections staying with you forever. How awful would that be? Baldness, like me, are we going to have that forever? What if I have chronic pain or an amputation? How can our bodies even last forever? Well, I have some good news for you today. It is the Christian doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. We are not going to be disembodied spirits for all eternity. One day, the dead will rise. We'll examine this and more in this episode of Big Truths. Over the past month, we've been examining the doctrine of the resurrection. We've looked at the Valley of Dry Bones from Ezekiel. We examined our Lord's famous words, I am the resurrection. We looked at how if we are in Christ, then we will follow him in a resurrection as surely as the first fruits precede another coming harvest. We also examined how we experience aspects of Christ's resurrection now in our regeneration or new birth. And we saw last week how the future weight of glory, which included being further clothed in a resurrection body, was a comfort to the Apostle Paul in all of his trials, and it should be a comfort to us as well. We turn our attention today to how exactly is this all going to happen? How will we be raised from the dead? What type of bodies will we have? Reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 41 from the Legacy Standard Bible, it says this, quote, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment and the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised, incorruptible, and we will be changed. End quote. Here's what we know. Jesus will return. Where do we get that from this passage? Well, it's in the phrase, the last trumpet. Paul has written elsewhere in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. We know that when Christ returns, it will not be in secret, but will be an obvious return. When that happens, as the passage says, the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead will be raised, and they're not going to be raised and be unchanged. 
from whom they were while living in this life. We are told that they will be changed. Jesus will raise, transform, and glorify the bodies of Christians at his second coming. The type of transformation that we will experience is difficult to comprehend, and the Apostle Paul gives three suggestive images for us to consider. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 41, he writes this, quote, There is one glory of the sun, and another of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For stars differ in glory from one another. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a corruptible body. It is raised an incorruptible body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. And as is the heavenly, so also those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. End quote. So one thing we learn from this passage about our future resurrection bodies is that Paul tells us that the bodies we have now can be compared to an earthly body. But one day there will be something like a heavenly body. What we have now, we learn, is a natural body, but one day it will be raised as a spiritual body. The bodies we have now are in the image of Adam, the man of dust. But one day we will bear the image of the man of heaven, Jesus Christ. We also learn from this passage that there will be similarities and differences between our current state and our future state. From the perspective of loved ones, the one who dies is merely asleep, we read in chapter 15, verse 51, but one day they will awake. So follow with me. If we will awake, then we can assume the people who we are before our sleep of death will remain untouched. It is reasonable to presume that we will still have our memories and personhood. Remember how Jesus said to the Sadducees who denied the resurrection in Matthew chapter 22 that there will be no marrying or giving in marriage in the resurrection because people will be like the angels. Now, not in the sense that we will have wings or halos, supposedly, as they're often depicted in images, 
but we will be like the angels in the sense that we do not need to procreate or have children once we are raised from the dead. There will be no new generations of people made after Jesus returns for those who are resurrected. Now, in regards to our personhood and memories, Jesus did not say there will be no marriage in the resurrection because people won't remember who their spouses are. No, he doesn't say that. So we can safely assume that who we are now, our personhood, our memories, even our personalities to a degree, will be preserved in the resurrection. So there are similarities to who we are now and who we will be. But there are differences as well. Paul says the transformation can be compared to a grain of wheat that grows into a full-grown plant. He says that starting in verse 37. In fact, even Daniel records how those who awake to everlasting life, quote, will shine like the brightness of the sky above, end quote. It's from Daniel chapter 12. The transformation that we will experience is necessary. We will be made fit and ready for a life in the new heavens and the new earth. Paul says this in verse 50. Now I say this, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the corruptible inherit the incorruptible. So for all those in Christ, everything necessary will be prepared for us. We will be made suitable for unbroken communion with God. The change that we will experience will happen, we read, in an instant. The blinking or the twinkling of an eye was the fastest movement that Paul can imagine. Imagine this, friends. The power of Christ at his return will be so complete and thorough that Christians who are still alive when Christ returns will pass into eternal life before they even understand what is happening. And all of this, we read, will be accomplished at the coming of Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, we read this. When Jesus returns, he will, quote, transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory, end quote. In John chapter 5, verse 25, we read this. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. The change that Paul describes is the second stage of our glorification. In a previous episode, we discussed the first stage of our glorification, the perfection of our souls. The second stage is the perfection of our bodies. Paul writes that the dead will be raised imperishable. That's good news, friends. Everything that is wrong with our bodies will be perfected. Your cancer will be gone. Your limbs will be restored. You will finally be able to walk and leap and run with joy in a new heavens and a new earth. Recall to mind, while Jesus was on earth during his earthly ministry, all the healing that he did. Imagine that 
but multiply it to an infinite degree. Our deaths are like the sowing of seeds, Paul says. Our bodies are sown into the earth. And what are they? They are weak, dishonored, and perishable. But they will be raised in power and honor, and they will be imperishable. Friends, this is Jesus' final ministry of mercy to our bodies. Now, if Jesus' earthly ministry included acts of mercy to the weak, if he made lepers clean, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, and the blind to see, think, how much more will he restore us in his final ministry to our weak frames? There remains one final and a permanent act of mercy to us in our pain. Finally, finally, we will have full healing. Friend, you may never feel the healing touch of Jesus in this life. You're guaranteed no miracles. Your cancer may return. Old age will take many. But it will not have the final word. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us patiently wait for the trumpet blast that will reach to the deepest parts of the earth. Now, as I close, I want to read to you a passage written by John MacArthur in an article he wrote, When the Healing Doesn't Come. He writes this, quote, When a false Christian goes through a test, it will inevitably reveal his true colors. When a true believer goes through a test, he will be driven to prayer, leaning on the strength of God rather than on his own weakness. Trials burn up imitation faith, but strengthen true faith. They may cause us pain when we are confronted by our weaknesses, but they have the good result of causing us to turn from ourselves to the infinite strength of God. End quote. The knowledge of future healing and the resurrection can strengthen us in our trials right now. We have an opportunity to thank Jesus for his wisdom. He knows when a trial needs to enter our lives. And he knows when to remove a trial from our lives. So let's pray together that God would help us, help you to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to thank you for listening to Big Truths. For more information and articles, go to our website, bigtruths.net. There you can find a series of articles that I wrote on Charles Spurgeon and his salvation experience. I'll meet you again next week where we will open another door for more big truths.